Welcome to another episode of The Message is Moving, where we break generation curses one day at a time. Today, we tackle the generational curse of dysfunctional co-parenting. Now, I'll be honest, this topic was actually inspired by the newest season of Insecure, where they dedicated an episode of Lauren to Condola and their growing pains of co-parenting. Then I thought about it. All these court shows like Paternity Court or even Civil Court, you have dysfunction, drama, pettiness between the two parents. And I can really do a deep dive on the many things that can cause broken homes, whether external or internal. But we all can agree that collaboration is needed. Two parent households are ideal or two parents being involved are not are ideal. Statistically, children perform better when both parents are in the picture. I grew up in a single parent household, but I had a village and not everyone does. So to help with this topic, I have someone who's been very transparent in her co-parenting journey. Also a fan of the show Insecure. And also an FMU alumni. Everybody welcome Jasmine Bennett. Hello, how are you? I am good. What about yourself? I am good, good. Ready to rumble. There you go. So glad you were able to come on. I'm actually going to leave with this since I also mentioned you being a fan of the show mm-hmm. Insecure. So I assume you saw that episode between Lawrence and Condola. I did. And that honestly insecure hits so deep in so many different ways. It's amazing how like great they convey, um, you know, the different things that people around our age, you know, go through um, in the whole co-parenting thing. Um, I love that Lawrence was that involved in the baby's life but at the same time the whole time i'm screaming at him if you don't move back to la (laughs) like all of this will be taken care of like who told joe raggedy behind to move to san francisco (laughs) like the whole time i was just like move back move back and then at the end when he finally moves back him and condola are fine i'm just like see you just needed to move back but that personally um that made that was the, the biggest thing for me and then honestly me personally that's that's my 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 history my journey um starting off uh not in a position to be in the same city with the person that you procreated with from pregnancy into having the baby and now you are trying to be involved parents that live more than three hours away it's hard it's it's really hard to to take advantage mm-hmm. of, so it, it definitely hit home. <laughs> so we both agree it was an accurate picture. Let, yes. Let me let me tell you why it was enlightening for me. Now, I don't have any kids, right? But mm-hmm. one thing about the show Insecure that I can appreciate, I feel like with us being in our 30s, right? Mm-hmm. And when you usually see co-parenting go wrong, when it's depicted, whether it's fictional or in court systems, 
you have that stigma of it being ghetto or ratchet, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and one thing I appreciate was well on the show, those characters are not ghetto, they're not ratchet. There are two career people that are trying to figure it out. Right. That happens more often than not, right? So I'm telling you my feelings as someone who doesn't have kids who's usually Team Lawrence. You know, I can't justify everything he does on the show. You know, I'm like, all right, let's let's see how it goes. So me as the childrenless viewer, I'm like, dang, it seems like Lawrence is really trying here. Like, why is she acting like that? Why is she acting like this? Mm-hmm. And then they hit that point in the episode where it's like a split screen. You see Lawrence's lifestyle. He can still do you see her lifestyle, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that hit. Like, that's powerful. And it just, I had this epiphany, right? Where it's like, you know what? I can say, being an accountable man, that I think sometimes when you have a stigma, whatever it is, of low expectation, sometimes Mm -hmm. we as men, even though it's good intentions, we can do just a little bit more than those low expectations and we think we did enough. And it's not. Mm -hmm. And and Lawrence, yeah, and in Lawrence's point of view, I'm like, I can see how he would think, look, man, you got guys out here who's not even trying to take care of their kids. And here, I'm trying. I want to be involved. But then you look at it like you can understand her point of view. Like she has no break. You can do whatever you want to. You can still resume dating. You can still do all those things. And I have to be this the whole time. And you're being nonchalant on things that's already being said, whether it's by the doctor or things I realized without child. You're being so nonchalant about it. You want to pat on the back on the basic minimum. Exactly. For showing up when you when it's best for your schedule, when the mother has to show up irregardless. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think a lot of co-parenting situations, the parent who's not the full-time parent doesn't a lot of time get how much sacrifice and how much the other parent goes into. Um not to put my business out there, but just recently with my child's father, not recently, but like over the years with my child's father, I had to like really argue that point. And I had to, I started off every argument like, listen, I know you're a great father. I'm not trying to discount who you are. I'm not trying to call you a deadbeat. However, your same 24 hours is not the same 24 hours that mommy's putting in. So you can't, you can't come at me with that. Like, let's figure something out to make it easier because I can't go off and work two jobs. I can't do this and do that. I don't have the same 24 hours as you because I'm solely taking care of our child. Like, that's a full-time job in itself. So let's figure this out. Like, I, I totally agree with that. Like, that, I love how Issa took that, that, split screen and actually showed it and the cinematography cinematography of it all was just amazing i love insecure as you can see but <laughs> just the way it's depicted and just showing those little nuances like yeah so she has a vibrator he has a whole human woman that he gets to be around like it's, it's that total different balance of showing this is what the issue is and this is how hard it can be and i love that it finally started to make sense to him in the end and they kind of you know meshed it all well together absolutely so the kind of a great segue into it is you already mentioned 
um, location being mm-hmm. the factor. Um, and you say actually three hours. So was location always a factor? Like, was it a long distance situation at first or did someone move and it became like, what was that challenge? Yeah. How long has that been a challenge? Yeah. So unfortunately, like we were breaking up. <laughs> so he, Caleb was that last hurrah baby. So we were breaking up and he moved. Um, and we were both in Atlanta. He moved. Um, and I stayed and then I found out I was pregnant and I was like, I ain't moving. <laughs> you can come back. And he was like, I ain't moving. I don't want to come back. Um, and then we were in a weird spot where we were supposed to be working it out. But at that point, it had been two years. We had been arguing. We were both kind of at our wit's end. Um, I don't know who so more than the other, but neither one of us were budging. Um, so I feel like we spearheaded so much stuff in the course of from me finding out I was pregnant to me having the baby to figuring out the co-parenting thing. Mm -hmm. Like pregnancy was more so pressure going back and forth. Where are you going to live to me making the final decision of being in Atlanta? And it's like, if you're going to move, move. If not, we'll figure it out to me trying to come back and realizing, Hey, trying to do anything while you just had a baby is like a big no so you need to stay put just for like financial reasons everything like it's just best to stay put to us having the bright idea of you know me working two jobs like me working monday through friday at my big girl job and on the weekends my son me driving down to meet him halfway like in greenville every weekend to switch off my son. So on top of that, right. <laughs> on top of that, having like a, in, a live-in family member come down to Atlanta, on top of that, he has started a new relationship. So it was, why you got this woman I don't know around my baby? It was so much. But I really think like the biggest factor was the fact that we were both exhausted. And not only do we have an infant, we are driving Friday night, meeting at eight o'clock on Friday night and being back up eight o'clock on Sunday night after both of us have worked tirelessly throughout the week. And especially me, like I had my big girl job and I had my, my side job. So I would literally spend what, four hours on Friday and four hours on Sunday going to pick up my son or drop him off. So for me, I just was like, I don't want to deal with it. So, but for him, he was just like, well, I'm not going to not be in my son's life. So we got to figure this out. And I didn't want to keep his son away from him. That was like my biggest thing. Why, why would I? You're a good father. You're trying. Let me do my part. But Right. Like I said, that communication thing, it got crossed in a lot of hairs. Like one word, child support, you mentioned it and y'all y'all ready to not fight, but you're ready to, you know, get into it and it's a, 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 a trigger phrase. It's like listen to this day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> right. It's a trigger phrase, you know. I'm like you know, I I I could say it. I related to something else with a, 
a friend, like homeboys of mine who are fathers, right? And I used to do those words mm-hmm. child support and watch how that mood change. Home mood. Uh, <laughs> Home mood. <laughs> so I get it. Okay, wow. So yeah, I can see that. Like you're exhausted between the two of you. The, the intention was there, but the execution mm-hmm. wasn't there. Exactly, oh. exactly. That execution was so messed up. And it's so many times I used to just be like, I'm very simplistic. And then when it gets to one too many steps, I am automatically aggravated, as you can see with the setup earlier. So <laughs> for me, it was just like, dude, just move back, like move to Atlanta. And then for him, he's like, I hate Atlanta. I don't want to move back. That's your dream. That's your thing. I don't want to be away from my family. So it was it was really push and pull until I finally decided to move back to South Carolina. And that's when things started getting better. Mm. Gotcha. So it was really consolidating that distance a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So when, when did you came to that point of I'm just going to move back? Like, I know you said you had 11 family member that helped. Um, According to you, what he mentioned, that was your dreams. I guess you aspired to live in Atlanta and you love Atlanta, I assume. Mm-hmm. So how was that conversation like with yourself as East would have in the mayor? Like, you, know, you got to move back to South Carolina. Like, how long did you take you to get to that decision? How was that conversation like? Honestly, um, it wasn't by choice. <laughs> it was more uh, so like circumstances. And, and I always say this, I'm... I'm spiritual to a degree, and I think God definitely put things in my way or put obstacles in my way so that I needed to move back. You know, like it was going to be the best for me and my son at the moment. It, right. I had opportunities, but things weren't kicking off. We tried so many different things, like a week on, a week off. We tried... Um, like, okay, when he gets school age, like you'll have him for like summers, blah, 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 blah. And I'll have him this, but it just never, nothing ever really worked out to the capacity that it needed to. So, um, when I had, when was like the really final straw? I did some moving around with my, my work. Cause I, I changed a couple of jobs so I could be more available to my son. And then when it got to the point where I was like, nothing was really working how it should at a freelance job that I was doing, I was just like, you know what? I got family back at home. I love my people here. You know, my my sorority sisters, my best friend, um, frat brothers, things like that. Like, yeah, I had them, but nothing counts like your mama. You know, nothing counts like your auntie or your daddy and and things like that. So I was just like, you know what? Let me just bite the bullet. Do I hate South Carolina? Yes. But (laughs) it's for my baby. And at the end of the day, you only got to do it 18 years here. And then you can just, you can jet. He's grown. You can figure it out. So (laughs) uh, that's just been my biggest thing. It's like, okay, well, let's go home. You know, do my little 18 years. I hate to say it like that, but <laughs> <laughs> let's go back guys, to I'm sure. <laughs> right. Hey, six has been going fast. Um, you know, stay stay home. I can always travel when I want to because, you know, I'm closer to his dad. Going to your daddy now, we went from four and a half, five hours to forty five minutes. So yeah, let's go. let's let's go ahead and make that move. 
Nice. So my next question, which I don't want to assume, I know you either have known, been involved with, or we all have seen situations, right, where depending on how the relationship ended, that's a huge factor on paternity and custody, right? Because it's like, Mm -hmm. it's hard feelings. And now you might have that retaliation where Mm -hmm. since you stepped out on me, I'm not going to see this child. Or because you did this, I don't want my child around so-and-so or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the any hard feelings on a relationship ended played a factor in, in any of these challenges. Uh, yeah, I would definitely think so. Trust was a really big thing. And um, as far as that feeling of being manipulated, that was a big thing because those were just leftover issues from our relationship that we never got resolved. So when it came to like keeping your word about doing certain things, like for me, it was, are you going to try to take my child away from me? And for him, it was more so, I didn't trust you at the end of our relationship. I don't trust you now. Are you going to put me on child support? So we both had that kind of, that that tension between each other. Um, and it, it kind of harbored into our communication. And until we actually learned to not automatically assume that the other person is ill intent, that's when our communication actually started to work and we didn't get upset about how somebody's tone was when they answered the phone, if they were aggravated, if they had a bad day, like it, it didn't really matter as much, those little nuances and you'd be like, what's wrong with you? And you just started being right. catty. Yeah, like it didn't matter once we finally kind of like, I don't want to say got over, but once we finally yeah. decided like, it's no it point. Was a team centric. <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was more team centric instead of individual preferences mm-hmm. and how it, it was like you know what what's the team goal like sports i was like the team goal is a championship let's take mm-hmm. our egos to the side team goal was caleb oh is it caleb caleb, caleb. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. caleb. No, you're fine. so that was that was the actual i think mutual you know what this is what it's about mm-hmm. i'm sorry you have a bad day but that ain't the, that ain't the point <laughs> I, I that part. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Okay, so that particular scene on that episode where Lawrence is saying, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my son back, I'm assuming that struck a nerve a little bit for you. It did. Um, It it felt like, I don't, part of me was like, oh, shoot, Lawrence, and, you know, his ball's finally dropping. He's getting it together. (laughs) But then another part of me was like, Lawrence, don't let your your anger get the best of you. Like just being a fan of the series, Lawrence can pop off when he really like got pushed against the wall. But at the same token, he was one of those characters that he kind of always needed that push in order to do the right thing. Like when it came to Issa, Issa had to finally like be in love with somebody for him to get that push and stand up for her. You know, in order for him to get the job and out the house, he kind of needed that push. Like. Issa cheated on him. Yeah, he's more reactive. He's very (laughs) reactive. So it was kind of like the part of the fan being like, okay, I see it. But in reality, I know 
there's a lot of men that's out there like that. Like you kind of have to like blatantly spell it out to them. You have to like push them. So I feel sorry for any single mother that's out there having to do that because sheesh <laughs> like it's just it you kind of don't want to emasculate the man but at the same time like you got to be like get, get your get your shit together like you, hey, you're doing hey, too hey, much bro. i'm trying to keep it real bro come on bro like <laughs> right <laughs> okay exactly so that so that part i understand um so with that being said right and i think this is something i personally believe i'm i know it's not a one size fits all right but mm-hmm. I do feel like what someone sees growing up can affect their decision making, even when it comes to parenting. Mm-hmm. So did your upbringing help or hurt the process, in your opinion? In my opinion, I think it helped. Um, my mom and my dad divorced when I was five. Um, mm-hmm. And my mom, even though I, you know, we this, the ball is out. We talk about this all the time. I, I always used to say, well, mommy, if I was you, I would have like pressed down on daddy a lot harder than you did. But my mom was really like, if he's going to do it, he's going to do it. I'm not going to talk bad about him. I'm not going to talk good about him. But I'm also going to do what I got to do for my kids. That's all I can do. And I'm going to keep it going. If anybody want to talk junk about my, my ex-husband, that's on you. But as for me and mine, I'm going to tell my children to always honor their father. And that's that. In my mind, like, I get it. Like, I get it. You don't want to talk down your your child's father because that's still your child's father. You still decided to lay down with him. And then for them, they were married. You know, they were married before right. me. We were planned out. Like, they were of an age. What my daddy did, they ain't had nothing to do with me, exactly. But for her, I feel like she should have pushed a little bit more because... She went through hell and back taking care of us. So anyhow, (laughs) when it came to the time for me to have my own child, you know, a surprise baby after having a relationship and a relationship didn't work. I know I didn't want this man anymore. How do I, I play this out? I know how it feels to not have a father. I know how it feels to your father not being around. And when he got that confirmation that Caleb was his as soon as Caleb popped out looking like him he was like you know what you know what I'm I'm all in so for me to see that and knowing that I didn't my daddy was never like all in it was like I want better for my baby I want him to have the life that I didn't have or having his dad around all the time and I know that feeling like even now my dad come around I'm like a little kid and I shouldn't be but you know so I just that was one of those moments where I had to take myself out of it. And no matter how hard it is, at the end of the day, Caleb needs his dad. And I can't do this all by myself. So who else gonna help me, you know? Right. Who else gonna be there for me while like that has his back as much as I got his back? Nobody but his dad. No one's gonna understand that. No one's gonna, you know, kill for him or die for him. So it, it's best to to let that ride and do whatever you got to do because my baby statistically and I feel like in general, he's going to be a better person for having his dad in his actual life. Sure. Kind of like what I kind of prefaced this 
uh, episode with, right? Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in the same apparent home. We actually have very similar backgrounds. I'm a product of a of a marriage. Um, only difference is my parents divorced um, to a point where I don't, even, I don't even remember it. Like they were already separated mm-hmm. by the time I had like memory established. Yeah. So um, I get it. And my mother is single mother and my father, even though location definitely wasn't an issue, um, he just wasn't, the intention wasn't there. The motivation, mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it, it just wasn't there. And um, granted, I, I did well. Um, I never caused any problems with my mother. Um, good grades, great grades, comes a lot in life. I know that a lot of people didn't have that same luxury, right? That one right. parent missing and didn't have that village. I, I can say I grew up in a community where it was a huge village. Um, so to have that situation where both parents are kind of like on the same, I won't say the same page because you know it's going to be the same page, but at least say the best interest is the child mm-hmm. and is figuring out those little you know, differences here and there and try to compromise, then it's going to be best for all parties. Um, And also the whole point, what your mother was saying, like, you know, how you say in hindsight, like, I I get it. You know, you don't want to knock the father per se, because honestly, and I can speak from experience, when that child gets older, they're going to form their own opinion and they don't need any exactly. help. Exactly. It, it already done. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> By the like, time they hit about 12, it starts clicking. <laughs> right. That age is almost the perfect age you just mentioned. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I kind of say some things. You know what? Why really think about mm-hmm. something? Like, yeah, I get it. And um, and it's a deal with that, right? So that makes sense. And of course, you don't have to put his business out like that. But did he grew up in a two-parent household or... He did. He has, um, and uh, his family is amazing. Actually, they just got me Christmas gifts. I feel like I should get them something. But um, yeah, he grew up in a two-family home. Um, he has brothers. Uh, his dad is very involved. His dad is very involved in Caleb's life. Um, shoot, Caleb calls. He calls me mom, but he also calls his grandma mom. So yeah, he's his family is very tight knit. And I think that also had played a big part into it because as soon as, you know, it came around that he was having a baby, you know, all in and his parents would not let that go. Like they don't raise their children to not take care of their responsibilities. So he was raised really well. It's a big factor right there. Mm -hmm. Um, So public service announcement to the listeners out there. If you're dating, it's not guaranteeing anything, but do that background check. You'll be surprised that I can't right. help or hurt you. Exactly. Um, See how he treats his mama. There you go. That's what they always say. There you go. So around that same ballpark, right? Since we're talking about dating, that, that magic word, how has Jasmine's dating life been since being a parent? Honestly, um, I don't know how it feels to not date mm-hmm. with not being a parent anymore. Like the last time I was single with no kids, no, well, no kids, no kids. Dating was two thousand and fourteen. Like no, not even two thousand fourteen. Was two thousand? We we met. We were breaking up two thousand fourteen. Two thousand twelve. So it's been coming up 10 years and I've always either been pregnant 
or I had a baby. So um, there's, I find it to be, I don't even say difficult, but I am very guarded when it comes to my child. Like I don't let men meet my child. If you have met him, it was an accident. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, okay. It was yeah, it was an accident. You weren't supposed to meet him. Um, but yeah, there's I, I keep it separate. He goes to his dad every weekend, so I do have the ability to like go travel and you know go do what I want to do on weekends and date if I want to date on weekends. But anybody that I've, I've ever talked to, they know the drill. Monday through Friday, you're not seeing me. Unless Caleb's with his daddy, or it's like a holiday or something. But my nines out of ten, they know the drill. Like, hey, on the weekends. Now, is dating trash? Yes. That's why I'm still single. But <laughs> I don't think <laughs> having a kid has anything to do with it, though. Got it. And may I ask, when it comes to because you already say you're not you're not meaning. Caleb at all in the beginning, of course, because you don't want to cause mm-hmm. confusion. Whatever reasons is right, you got to be protective. Do you have like a guideline? Is it more of a field thing? Like, okay, I've been with this person and I can trust them. Do you have like this time frame after a year? Like, how do you go about that when that time comes? Um, I don't really have a time frame, but we and me and Caleb's dad did come to agreement that if I was going to be with someone in that particular in that that type of situation where it's serious, then he would meet the guy first before meeting Caleb, or they will meet him at the same time. He just got it off easy because he's been with the girl since I can't call her the girl. Caleb's phone is Caleb's stepmommy. He's been with her since Caleb's been three months old. So she's been around. She's seen my son grow up. She calls that her bonus son. So. He doesn't have to deal with the the thing and i met her and i was like all i want to do is meet her so that's the standard that we have when it comes to that like okay let's make sure that you know we meet everybody before we actually interact with the child i like that system Mm -hmm. i I feel like that's the the mature way like that's what it should be absolutely that way you don't have all this there's randomness and all that can be used against you in, in court if there is a custody um, concern, right? And now all of a sudden it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, random person around. And I heard this person does this. That's why they shouldn't be around them. They do this mm-hmm. around the hood. And I know they don't do that. And it's like, it's just a whole mess, right? Um, and I just feel for things that have happened, like tragedies where you hear of a stepfather or stepmother doing something to a child right. of someone they just met. It's like, there's so many examples of that, especially in South Carolina, where unfortunately domestic violence is huge. So mm-hmm. you'll see cases like that. Okay, well, actually, that's great. What, what inspired that method? That was just something y'all just came up with. Did someone else mention that? Did you see someone else had that method? Or honestly, we had we didn't have any any examples to go by. That was just something that we thought of. Um, I think, like for me. Because even my sisters, they didn't do like the toxic, you know, baby mama, baby daddy stuff. Um, But when it came to us, I was just like, I just want it to be as easy as possible. Like, I don't care what you do. Please don't care what I do. You're going to get your feelings hurt. 
but <laughs> you right. know if you have somebody around my kid or at that uh, over time i was like oh well i know who's around and he was like well it's the same here don't have nobody around my child and we talk about it and we, we go from there there's been you know a few times where he has mistaken someone that um that was just a friend for something more and i had to like check him but other than that like we've been good yeah. Good. And speaking of collaboration, when it comes to like schools and PTA meetings, I assume y'all two usually are there together as well, correct? Um, yeah, we kind of got, I won't say we got lucky and unlucky because of COVID. So a lot of things have been virtual, but if he can make it, he'll make it. Of course, me, I'm always there. Um, right. <laughs> like it's, it's no matter, like I'm gonna get off work, I'll see about my baby. Um, but Caleb's been in soccer and basketball right now, and we always go. If I'm like working late and his dad is coming to one of his games, well, not his games, but one of his practices, he might miss like maybe one, but nothing too crazy. But if he's coming, he'll come get him and you know take him. Like we we both show up, and family shows up. We all are on the sidelines cheering him on. And in that aspect, he has that he'll be able to look at that as an example. So mm-hmm. a long time from now, which I know you're not ready for when he starts dating, right? <laughs> and it comes to that situation. <laughs> he'll at least have good role models and good examples to go off of. It's going to be a long time from now, though. But when right. that time do come. When that time do come. Okay. Right, right. Um, and I can appreciate that. Um, now, this is, I didn't send this question to you, but I just thought about this, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it's interesting when they ask different people this when they are a single parent. Even though you have a child, do you prefer to date someone that doesn't have a child? Ooh, that's tricky. So, I would love to say that I am open-minded. <laughs> I would love to be an open-minded person, but you never know until you're in the mix, right? Like until you're like in it and you know what's going on, you never know how you're going to react. Men with children, I'm trying to think men with children that I've talked to and men without children. Um, Under a year, child, new baby, I'm saying a hard no. Okay. There's a lot, there's a lot of growing up that happens between the time that child enters this world until they turn one years old. And unless, I don't even say unless, you have to, even if you hate this woman, even if you love this woman, unless y'all just made a decision like, hey, I don't like you, you don't like me, but let's have a baby because I think you're a good person. And even in those situations, it can be kind of weary because your hormones and post, like, just it's so much going postpartum. on. Yeah, postpartum. Postpartum. Yeah. Everything goes on in that one year, and it's so hard. So every time I've talked to a man or I've, like, started dating a man that has that going on, it never, it never flourishes because they're pulled everywhere. And they have this new human 
that they had to accommodate to their life too that they weren't really ready for or they may have been ready for they just it finally hit them it's too much but i don't mind children who have i mean men who have children oh i would say i don't talk to men who have like five children you out here and i don't want nothing <laughs> to do with you <laughs> like, right. i don't, don't want to be your sixth baby mama i'm not her. right and, um, and i would assume that if you even smell a hint of deadbeat, that's a turnoff. Based oh. on you've been being a mother, yeah. right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Anytime I, if I have to ask you when the last time you seen your child, I don't want to talk to you no more. Like, why I'm asking you about going to see about your baby? If I'm asking you and I'm talking to you, I know your baby mama. Or if you bad mouth, bad mouth your baby mama to me, it's a turnoff. Cause I'm gonna have her back. I don't even know her. I'm gonna have her back. (laughs) (laughs) Red flag right there. (laughs) Red flag. What you doing to piss her off? Why is she so mad at you right now? You're doing something wrong. (laughs) That's how you get that. Whose side you on? (laughs) I yeah. (laughs) I'm on the child side. That's what side I'm on. I'm on the child side. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, that's a fair answer. Um, The reason why I asked because you. Like I say, I was actually surprised by some of the answers, um, but you actually broke it down pretty well because like you said that first year is very pivotal. So it's like, how can you develop a relationship where you're still trying to develop the identity of being a father? Mm-hmm. So that part I get. Okay. And hopefully the, the listeners as well, they're and maybe they're a new mother or a new father. They're looking at these things and it's a simple thing you just don't consider until you're actually in those shoes or heels, exactly. <laughs> right? Right. And then so, that infant time, you're never going to get your child back at that stage. Take uh-huh. your time and just enjoy it. I miss when my baby was like eight or nine months. Like if I could do it all over again, I'll make him go back to that age because that is like, it's the best time and they're learning and they love you. You're their person. Like, it's pure bliss. Honestly, that was the best time for me. And you're never going to get that back and you're always going to miss it because you're going to see your child as your baby. Dating, dating can be great, you know, if it's, if it's worth it, but it's ghetto out here. Just enjoy (laughs) your baby. (laughs) Just enjoy your baby. Hey, why is Russell Jasmine? It's ghetto out here. Just enjoy your baby. That should be a status. That should be a status. That's going to be the caption for this episode. That's all I'm going to do. That's going to be your quote. I hope you know that. Let's do it. It's ghetto out here. Enjoy your baby. (laughs) I like it. So so one thing that is not ghetto, but it does affect ghetto situations, unfortunately, is those Mm -hmm. custody, custody battles. Now, this next question is more of an opinion. I know you're not going through this, but I notice now that there's a bigger push to, I don't want to use the word eliminate, it's kind of harsh, but for court systems to not really be quick to just assign primary custody, because, you know, that's usually, I don't want to say the word automatic, but the court system usually lean towards the mother when it comes to like custody, like, okay, primary Mm -hmm. custody, at least by default is granted initially to the mother and then of course if you want joint custody or any other exceptions or whatever 
then you can revisit it and do appeals, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, re- but recently, they want to have joint custody as more of the default. Um, actually, back in June 2018, Kentucky was the first state to require presumption of equally shared parenting and child custody cases, even when one of the parents are opposed to it. So I try to research what other states have this in place, but it seems like it is gaining traction because mm-hmm. they feel like that primary custody is very archaic and there are some men that argue it can be biased um, when, it, when it's performed that way. So what is your opinion on that where local governments are trying to, I don't like say, not, I used to eliminate, but to have joint custody as more of a default decision rather than primary custody as it always been. Yeah, I'm I'm so on the fence about that. Like I've seen stories where, you know, fathers would essentially get their child and send them back over to their mama house and now they're not really spending time with them. So like what's the point of you having joint custody? But also too at the same time I've seen where fathers like their whole life and they got everything set up and they're just waiting for their baby to come home and it like I've seen both sides of the spectrum so like I understand why I'm making that like a default um I think like logistic wise if they're going to make that a default then they should also make it a default paternity test so you won't have men out here who have or just situations where people don't have a legal state to to really even go there with their child because there's certain situations where you know people just sign the birth certificate just to sign the birth certificate or they may not sign the birth certificate and just getting all it's just a whirlwind of a mess so i think if they're going to do that then they need to put in like mandatory paternity tests. There has to be a, a some type of documentation that there is some type of push or want from both parties. Cause why would you grant, you know, joint custody to a father who's never he's never been there. So you get you're giving him joint custody when he's already proven that he has no no will for this child. You know, I feel like there has to be some kind of push, but at the same token, fathers get such a a bad disadvantage. You just never know. And those situations are hard to take into account unless there is some kind of proof. Now, do I think the system of proof or, you know, fighting for it needs to be updated? Yes, because I feel like some judges go through and take their own personal opinions about those particular situations, especially our black and brown sisters and our brothers, and they'll just automatically put their biases on there. So I feel like there should be like a standardized way versus them just being like, oh, I don't think you've been doing enough. So no, you're not going to get joint custody. Like, I feel like maybe that point should be taken from it, but there needs to be a, a whole revamp of joint custody, child support, system like the whole thing needs to just be redone and updated all right got it Ooh, you definitely said a mouthful and i, and I, I, I loved your answer no 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 but i didn't go away and then go away i love your answer because you actually touched on certain things that was already a discussion mm. that i had with different people 
Um, I'm going to touch on that on the latter, though. First, I want to clarify, I believe when that law was made in Kentucky, I think it was merely adhering initially. Of course, it's going to affect all in custody battles, but I think it was mainly adhering to like divorce couples for what I did read from it. Um, and I guess it, it kind of like the collateral damage is those new parents, but it was that who are not like married. But I think initially they did that one because hey, um, when they're divorced, um, I feel like if both parents were there, what's the point of blowing that up when the divorce? Yeah, now I get that. Yeah. Um, two. It actually shows by surveys and according to some journals that when Kentucky did that, it actually was beneficial to your point, black and brown fatherhood. Because mm-hmm. like you mentioned, like some judges that come with that bias. So because of that stigma of low expectation from black fathers, so mm-hmm. that black father walk in that courtroom, if that judge perceived black fathers to already be absent or that they don't love their kids like these other demographic does they're not going to hear anything you know what I'm saying in terms of appealing it's like it's going to be that bias so um, great answer on that but one thing that you actually say was going to create a huge discussion is the mandatory paternity testing I have watched enough people's court judge Mattis and paternity (laughs) court (laughs) to have this Unofficial opinion was my opinion. I don't know if it was credible because I'm not a parent. But I said to myself, I see, you know what? Half these shows will be canceled if they just have the paternity testing when it's done when the child is here. As soon as the child comes in the world, have the test. Right. And you know what's crazy? In most states, it's, it's just like automatic. Like, you want a paternity test? Okay, cool. We're going to do it in the hospital. But um, when we were in Georgia, it wasn't. We had to go get our own. But just think about how much foolishness was pushed behind just by us <laughs> saying, well, let's go ahead and get this maternity test. Like me, I'm on the end. I'm like, I know it's yours. I don't really care. Let's take it. But <laughs> him on the other hand, well, I just want to make sure. Okay. If let's it's see. mandatory, let's do it. Like, let's just make yeah. it happen. Let's see. Your attitude towards it was the opposite when I had this discussion with other people, the ones who mm. opposed of it. It was more so of like they feel insulted. What you mean you just want to know? Sorry. <laughs> the little one just came in with his uh iPad. Might have to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I said so they were actually um they were actually opposed it like they felt it was insulting like you're trying to say that I slept around what do you mean that's not your child? And I now it's it's kind of like yeah. a prenup conversation. Like, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, hey, you, you, you gotta you gotta have good <laughs> pussy management. Um, so you, you gotta know who came when and where if you're gonna be out here. You can't be mad when somebody questioned it. Like, I, that's just my point. Like, I, I knew. Like, I knew to the date. I know exactly what happened and I know how it happened. I know how we got caught up. But if not every woman knows that particular situation, they're not that confident in the um, their transgressions, then I can see why. But if you make it mandated, you ain't got no choice. Like, why push this man through the ringer if you know that child may not be his? 
but not a lot. I've noticed a lot. Not a lot of people are. How can I say this? Honest or that self-aware with themselves as well as being that self-aware of that situation. So that is like a, a personal thing or that case by case basis where you're going to have someone who's upset or that feels some type of way and, or may feel insulted. Like, but at the end of the day, like if you're not with this man and there's a possibility, girl, just get the test. Or even you were with this man, what's so hard about just proving it? Like making your point. Just, just a peace of mind, you know, um, Peace of mind, exactly. Yes. You just, and and this speaks to the generational curse theme of my podcast. Because how many past generations where someone has to find out or still has not found out who their real father is, they learn like the age 30, age 40. Mm -hmm. They're still trying to find, and everybody in the family knows that's not their child, but no one's, you're the only person who don't know. You're the biggest victim. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I've seen them. Fathers, mothers, your grandma, really your auntie. You don't know. You don't know at all. So why be, why not be forthcoming? You might as well just lay it all out. Right. Because for all due respect, as I always respect my elders, that answer, it was a different time back then. It's not going to fly with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we hold it accountable. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a different time back then. There was no time where me not knowing who my father is is cool. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ooh, so I'm gonna put the spotlight on you. It was already okay. on you, but it's gonna shine a little brighter. So, what would be your words of encouragement? to someone right now who's about to be, they just found out that they're pregnant. Maybe the person who they create a child with, it doesn't seem like they're going to work. doesn't seem like it's going to last and they have to have this collaboration of some sort. How, how would you speak to that person? Like, how would you tell them like it's going to, not necessarily be all right, but how would you just be real with them? Like what to expect and your way of saying, from my experience, from my wisdom, Everybody doesn't have the same. I know I'm not perfect, but here's how you can go about it to make things easier. Um, I would definitely say for one, just breathe, take care of yourself um, because you cannot take care of anyone else if you're not taking care of yourself in some way, shape or form. Um, So definitely not be selfish you know, taken away from your child. But if your child is taken care of, take that time to really decompress. It's going to do so much more for your mental, your physical, and just the ability to get up in the morning. Because you would, you're going to, not you're going to, but you could drown so easily. Um, to be self-aware, um, not only be self-aware, but also communicate. Even if you feel like your feelings are being invalidated if you feel like no one's listening listening to you if you feel like you know it's you against the world and you just got you're just trying to take care of your baby still express yourself find a way to express yourself that meets the needs um to be completely transparent go to therapy (laughs) you know talk to a therapist your friends always don't want to hear that foolishness you know 
take care of your mind and your body so you can be the best person that you can be for your baby. Because at the end of the day, you're doing it all for them. But you can't give your child a healthy situation or or even allow someone else to be to share your space with your child if you're you are not in a good space yourself or even or even trying to be in a personal space. It's okay to not be a superwoman. If you're a black woman, it's okay to not be a superwoman. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to relinquish some of that power every once in a while and send your baby to your his grandma house like let go you don't have to weigh the world on your shoulders it's okay to allow someone else come in and help and just bring that that community feel or having that village like you say around so breathe baby girl it's gonna be okay life is gonna be okay just make sure you take care of yourself so you can take care of that baby well said and that's how we're going to end it on this episode of The Message is Moving. We break generation curses one day at a time. Jasmine, definitely appreciate you for coming on. Anything you want to shout out while you're here? Anything that you got going on? You want everybody else to know? Uh, yeah. So follow me on social media. Just about everything is JazzyPearl08, J-A-Z-Z-Y-P-E-A-R-L-08. That's on Instagram, um, Jasmine Celia on Facebook. Um, however, I do have one episode out of my own podcast. That's more than Jasmine. More to come soon, I promise. Mm-hmm. Nate is already getting on me. He done told me off for y'all. I'm sorry. But yeah, episode, yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> episode one is out. It uh, is about purpose. I'll talk a little bit about my mom and... Um, kind of diving into what your purpose is in life and yeah follow me don't see me there you go (laughs) until next time ladies and gentlemen we out